Hi, everyone. This is Alien Talk Podcast, a program where we discuss all things about aliens and UFOs, and as always, where we push the limits of our understanding. We are Joe Landry and Nori Olford, here with you again for another incredible episode where we explore the wondrous subjects that pertain to extraterrestrials, the paranormal, and the mysterious. So welcome, and thank you all for joining us. As always, we're really glad to have you here with us. So hey, Lori, how you doing? I'm doing well, Joe, and you? Very well. Uh, first off, we want to send our sympathy to all of our listeners in the UK and within the Commonwealth uh, over the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, as I'm sure most of you know, she died this past Thursday at the age of 96 after a 70-year reign, uh, which is longer than any other British monarch. Yeah, and uh, being from Canada, I remember the Queen being quite endeared by everyone I knew, as, uh, as, as of course, I grew up in the Commonwealth. And she certainly was an incredible world figure, you will um, be long remembered, who will be long remembered. Indeed. And, and we also want to take a moment to recognize that today is September 11th. And that it was 21 years ago uh, today that 3,000 people were killed and 25,000 people were injured in the terrorist attacks um, that occurred on that day. And it was it, something that forever changed the country we live in. And for those of you out there who are old enough to remember 9-11 back in 2001, you, you know what we mean. We say that all of our lives have never been the same since then. Uh, absolutely. It is a day we'll never forget. And uh, it was a tragedy from which... We are all still feeling the effects that uh, it had on every part of human society everywhere. Um, it was seen by everyone back then. And for many people, lives were lost and families were devastated. So, yes, a very solemn day. And I think everyone, regardless of any political positions, should take some time to remember that. You know, our world, uh, I mean, look at our world. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, just like the last couple of years, has been absolutely surreal almost to the point of being dystopian, almost like something right out of Ayn Rand um, and Atlas Shrugged with a, a huge force of government and large corporations interfering with all of our lives, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, we said this many times before, but any, I mean, any more of the discussion of aliens, UFOs, and conspiracy theories is no longer to be considered the most bizarre or the most uh, on the fringe. We have the news from the mainstream media for that. <laughs> I know we, we don't get into partisan politics here, but I can't help but look at today's topic of the new world order within the backdrop of President Joe Biden's speech last week from Independence Hall in Philadelphia. And I will say that it was definitely different <laughs> from any other American presidential speech I've ever heard, to put it mildly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and have ever seen for that matter. I mean, the whole ambiance of it was unlike anything else. Yeah, for some reason, it reminded me of something like the uh, uh, the first order from Star Wars. You know, the like from from one of the later ones, the sequels, the uh, the Disney Star Wars. Uh, was it uh, the Force Awakens? Yeah, yeah. It, it actually was a little eerie uh, with the two Marines standing at attention behind the podium and the reddish glow behind them. It was uncanny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it was eerie and uncanny. I, I know what you're talking about. Like in that scene where uh, General Hawks of uh, Speaking all the stormtroopers on Starkiller Base, it was also, yeah, it was also something out of the Hunger Games. It was something like yeah. that movie as well. And I have to say it, it really seems sort of Orwellian. Yeah. And it makes you wonder what, what is going on behind the scenes with all of the, you know, rhetoric and, and hyperbole. I mean, what Joe Biden said that night wasn't, 
wasn't all just spawned from within his own mind. So where did it come from? I, th- I think I I don't think it came from Camilla Kim- Harris or Nancy Pelosi <laughs> or the squad or or the Clintons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or any one person for that matter. But instead, it it seems that it all comes from an entire group, like a kind of cabal that is putting this or pulling the strings, so to speak. And and that would be the case with uh, any president. I mean, not just Joe Biden. But with all the presidents and world leaders, this one group is the real power behind all of them. So the phrase new world order is one used quite a bit. Um, you know, the late former president, George H.W. Bush, he used to toss it around a lot. And I believe almost all of us have heard it used before, just like the words, the Great Reset. And I believe all of us relate to it and with the changes we observe happening within our societies, whether it's on a local level, a national level or even a global one. Uh, we we are seeing things occurring that we've never seen in our lifetimes. And really, it seems like the world is going a little crazy right now with everyone being as polarized as they are about issues and, and with the ideological narratives being proclaimed, uh, with policies being made and with some of the public statements uh, being made about things like, you know, quote unquote, extra uh, existential threats. Yeah, I. I think we can all relate to how we are, you know, witnessing a metamorphosis in, in how we are governed, like how we communicate, how we travel, how we obtain information, and how we conduct commerce. Um, a metamorphosis that may that many would call a move toward uh, the new world order. And for some, this conjures good thoughts, you know, a, a progressive thing that is going to benefit all of humanity. And for others, this conjures up a bad thoughts, a, a totalitarian thing that is going to go against the betterment of all of the, the overall human condition. Uh, what is a perfect utopia for some is a nightmarish hellscape for others. So that brings us to the question of what the new world order is. And like you said, I suppose that depends on who you ask. For some, it is the gradual transformation from nation states to a one world totalitarian uh, a government that will rule everybody, everywhere. Uh, for others, it is a, a series of scenarios that will set the stage for the end of times, according to biblical prophecies, ushering a messianic age. And for others still, it is the culmination of uh, a human progress, taking us to the uh, apogee of our evolution. It means different things to different people. Uh, really, if you ask 50 individuals, you could very well get 50 unique answers as to what the new world order is. And for, for that matter, the, the idea is, is one that is deeply embedded in Christianity with the illusions found in the book of Revelation of a new heaven and a new earth in which everything of old passes away and God's kingdom becomes established all after the rule of the uh, Antichrist who gets, you know, supposedly gets defeated by Jesus. Now, the new world order for people of faith will result in the ultimate victory of good over evil. Right. The change in the way of the world is something that has always been talked about by people of all religions. You know, it's a a hope for the eradication of the turmoil and the way things are now in a new epoch in time, one in which peace prevails. And likewise, we see that the new world order is also paradoxical in its meaning uh, with the typology of the myriad of concepts encapsulated by it. In other words, it is not new, uh, nor is it order, and nor does it pertain to the whole view um, of the world. It it is a continuum, uh, the unfolding of events, uh, often chaotic, tumultuous, and disastrous ones, uh, which eventually shape our history, 
piece by piece to bring about a greater change. Now, one can say that we are always on the brink of a new world order. We saw it with the rise of terrorism. Uh, we saw it with the ending of the Cold War and the fall of the Soviet Union. And we saw it with the establishment of the United Nations after World War II and with the end of its predecessor, the League of Nations, um, or I should say the establishment of its predecessor, the, the League of Nations, which was uh, set up after World War One. So no one can even say that the founding of, you know, I mean, I should say one can even say, if you look at it, that the founding of the United States uh, back in 1776 was nothing short of a new world order. Yeah, and indeed, the uh, the founding fathers said as much in their letters and books at the time. Um, it was even printed on our currency in 1935. And it's still on it to this day. I mean, just look at the back of the $1 bill and you'll see words underneath the great seal, uh, Novo Ordo Seclorum, uh, the order of the new age. So the establishment of the United States with, with its constitution and its push for independence and liberty was a shift in humanity's progression from what is termed the Dark Ages, at least. It, it was so for the colonists of North America at the time. Now, in the instances you've mentioned, Joe, uh, these changes to the course of history were brought about by people who were in positions of power and has uh, long been suspected that there are things going on behind the scenes of all these significant events and that these things these things are, are being done in secrecy by organizations of people whose ties with, with them are also cloaked in secrecy. So the uh, or organization that has attained the, the reputation for clandestinely uh, setting the, the course of uh, historical events is known as uh, the Illuminati. So, Laurie, there are, you know, many uh, secret societies out there, right? Um, and they are partially real and partially fictitious. But with the Illuminati, there are actual historical documents in which it is mentioned. And now in recent times, it has become synonymous with the notion of a shadowy government. Um, well, and, but it, it formally started in Bavaria in the 1770s uh, during a time appropriately called the Age of Enlightenment. Uh, this was a time when classical philosophy was revitalized and when principles of morality, uh, government, and law were formulated under the theory of rationalization or reason. Uh, it was also a time when the Freemasons had become very prominent. Now, Adam Weishaupt uh, was a professor at the University of Ingolstadt, uh, which was run by Jesuits, and he didn't exactly hit it off with them, as Weishaupt uh, was pretty much a secular humanist. <laughs> And he didn't even seem to click with the Freemasons either. So he formed his own group, which met in secrecy and eventually began to spread throughout Europe. And they called themselves Illuminati uh, because they were illuminated in their understanding of the world and of the universe and of man's place within it. And everyone else, well, uh, was not illuminated. <laughs> um, really no different than how any select group sees itself today, right? Right. So another big question is, what is it that is moving us towards the new world order? Uh, there is a very popular and prevalent opinion among people that it is the Illuminati that is behind it. Now, I think it is fair to say that we all, you know, you know I mean, we all wish to see humanity come together and unite as one. I, I think we all desire the end of wars and violence and for uh, an all new era of, uh, of peace to just spring forth. However, uh, even though this may appear to be the agenda on the surface, I think many would agree that the real purpose 
to the move toward a new world order is to gain control over the masses. Now, we recently saw how easily the government can do this. Just look at how quickly the COVID-19 mandates were given all over the world and how quickly citizens fell in line with those orders. And uh, all in response to fear of danger and the need for safety. Um, the media, it seems, was a mouthpiece for the government and was clearly an important tool to spreading uh, any and all information to the public about the threat of the virus and the precautions needed to be taken against it. Uh, this has led some to speculate that there is another group behind them, a larger or more powerful group, puppet masters, if you will, a government behind all of the governments. And some think that the Illuminati is that group. And while it may uh, seem far-fetched to think that the government can control and influence what information is disseminated out there in the free world through media sources, uh, we must realize that it has been done in the past. You know, right after the United States entered World War, World War I in 1917, uh, President Woodrow Wilson made the executive order to establish something called the Committee on Public Information, or CPI. It was meant to be a propaganda machine that would enable the government to directly regulate all press coverage about the war and its political support. It was comprised of a, a newspaper division, a film division, and a foreign language division that could plant, quote-unquote, official stories that would be carried by media outlets and at the same time restrict people's access to the actual wartime effort. And the goal of this was to foster approval for the U.S. military involvement in the European theater at the time. And also, Abraham Lincoln directed a similar kind of measure in 1862 during the beginning of the American Civil War. Uh, he authorized uh, Secretary of War Edwin Stanton to route all of the Washington, D.C. telegraph lines through the Department of the Army headquarters. Uh, this was intended to monitor and control what journalistic and bureaucratic information was flowing between the government and the media. Likewise, this limited the public's accessibility to the facts of what was going on and kept much of the population unaware of the military operations in progress. So whether such agency protocols are considered censorship or necessary uh, security policies is always the subject for earnest debate, but it illustrates how with the right executive oversight, controlling an official narrative can indeed be achieved, making any attempt to find the truth to be like getting uh, through a tangled whip. Uh, remember when we discussed the Majestic 12, another shadowy group that that if it, it does exist, was in control of the official message about UFO sightings, you know, uh, talking points that uh, they were nothing more than misunderstanding uh, of things, uh, things other than alien spacecraft. Uh, they simply did not want the public to believe that they were extraterrestrial. Sure, and I suppose it is at this juncture where we can speculate that the Illuminati is more than what it seems, uh, especially with how it, it seems to be cloak and dagger and enshrouded in mystery. Um, there are some, such as Donald Stoddard, who see it as being really the same thing as well, Freemasonry, uh, as well as the Knights Templars, the Rosicrucians, and other hidden societies. You know, many of which tend to pop up on university campuses. Um, now, in his article with the, the Euphrates, dated January 15, uh, 2009, Stoddard points out that these groups all claim to hold secrets that no one else does, and that they are somehow, at some point in time, responsible not only for great scientific discoveries, but also for the movements of democracy, rationaliz rationalism, uh, utilitarianism, capitalism, and the opposition of the religious and superstitious influences in public life. 
So there are real impetus to bring about change according to uh, their their uh, manifestos. Yeah, so we are led to wonder if there is a possibility of, uh, of something even deeper going on within secret societies. Uh, could it be that their core knowledge of the inner workings of world governments and uh, technological research and development stem from extraterrestrial sources? Uh, you take guys like David Icke, who in his book, uh, Children of the Matrix, he says that everything going on in our world is influenced by aliens. And he shares a chilling conspiracy theory going on out there, which uh, suggests that some of the famous celebrities like uh, the Kardashians, and uh, pretty much all of the world leaders are some kind of lizard creature, sometimes called Saurians, and who are in uh, disguise underneath human skin and who are maybe even uh, sh- uh, shapeshifters. Uh, boy, I tell you what, I, I often wonder if I watched the, the TV series V too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, most people do find it difficult to wrap their uh, heads around such a belief. But, uh, you know, this was something that I really thrust into the limelight probably within the last 10 years or so. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't men- uh, hasn't named George Soros as a reptilian, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder why that is. Uh, you know, for those who don't know of him, David Icke is a British conspiracy theorist, author, and former sports writer who in recent years has put forward the notions that paranormal events, uh, psychic activity, uh, alien interdimensionality, and secret societies are all a big cabal controlling the entire world and all of its leaders, uh, even now as we speak. And one of the things he has claimed is that reptilian beings are in human disguise or in shape-shifted form, and and they are the ones who are responsible for uh, so much havoc being wreaked upon everything. Yeah, so if we do indeed have a group of elite individuals guiding the world, uh, could they be somehow connected to our ancient visitors from the stars? I I mean, could they be a royal bloodline of Anunnaki who uh, prepared certain individuals to be such or be in such positions by lowering the kingship of heaven down to human leaders? Um, You have to wonder if Ike is onto something uh, about how these gods could be the reptilian race. Maybe there is a reptilian connection to the Illuminati elite. Uh, they may not be shape shifters, but uh, maybe their connection is through, you know, our DNA and and uh, apostasis of the uh, divine bloodline or you know the royal bloodline. Now, David Icke is not the only person to say that we have reptilioids uh, living amongst us and running a shadow government. Uh, it was actually something that was believed by the Theosophy School of Helen Blavatsky. Uh, that was a group of mystic and esoteric kind of spiritualists of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. It, it got its start in New York City around 1875, and they embraced theological and philosophical doctrines, hence the name Theosophy, uh, things such as Gnosticism, Neoplatonism, Hermeticism, Occultism, Transcendental Meditation, Islamic Sufism, and Jewish Kabbalah. Yeah, uh, this was a prominent trend in the uh, Victorian age, almost like a fad with the uh, increased uh, practice in things like seance, witchcraft, astral projection, uh, uh, Ouija boards, and other psychic stuff like that. And uh, it continued throughout the time of World War I and uh, well into the 1920s. So to the theosophists, the spirit world was was not static or remote, but instead uh, was very interactive within the affairs of people. And that included political affairs. Um, Blavatsky, who was 
Yeah, quite a bizarre and wacky person. Uh, if you ever come across a picture of her, I think you'll agree. <laughs> uh, she looks like she's in a permanent trance. <laughs> uh, weird lady. But anyway, she believed that there were these demonic creatures called archons. Uh, and that they not only dwelt everywhere, but uh, they essentially ruled humanity in, in the literal sense, meaning that they were very much behind the powers that be in the world. And the existence of these archons was, was also believed by the first century Gnostics. Um, the Gnostics were very prominent in, in places uh, like Alexandria, Jerusalem and Edessa, uh, places where Christianity was uh, very prominent as well. And to them, the archons were responsible for bringing about all of the villainy all the turmoil, all the corruption, and all the suffering that was going on everywhere. Yeah, the Manicheans of uh, Persia also adopted the uh, same notion of archons around the 3rd century. And they were conceived as having uh, uh, serpent or lizard-like uh, appearances. Uh, there are references to them in the famous Nag um, Amadi scrolls discovered in 1945. So this idea of of the of this uh, evil lizard creatures um, you know, being everywhere and undetectable, that goes back pretty far in time. Right. And Blavatsky with her school of theosophists were sort of consumed with the belief that our ancient ancestors possessed an amazing knowledge about all of this and, and that it was carried down through the generations by way of, of secrets that were mystically manifested within the minds of so-called quote unquote masters. Uh, she believed that she was actually reviving this type of wisdom in her synthesis of science and religion uh, as she claimed in, as much in her work, which is titled Isis Unveiled. Yeah, they, they also associated this dragon man species as superior to humans, as being godlike, which, of course, is very consistent with the ancient alien theory. Uh, that, that They even believe that they are the, uh, the, the rightful owners of our planet and will completely and unrestrictedly rule over it one day in the future. Now, this, of course, sounds quite similar to what has been proposed by both uh, Zachariah Sitchin and Eric von Daniken. But it went a little further. You know, as a theosophist understood, these dragon men were still in existence in the present day in the form of archons, and that most of them were evil, malicious, and self-gratifying, with, with very little interest in helping out humanity. Um, Essentially, this was their occult worldview of how everyone's behavior was influenced by unseen powers that were working about everywhere. Uh, and even in how in the course of history, as it was unfolded in the way that it, it did, uh, with, with governments being established to control worldly affairs, they believe the archons were directly uh, behind all this. And that is what the term occult actually means. It comes from the Latin uh, occultus, which translates as hidden. Right. And to go back to the Freemasons, uh, we know that many pivotal and influential people were part of it, like uh, George Washington, uh, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, uh, Paul and P Paul Revere. Uh, also, Mark Twain, Thurgood Marshall, um, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, Winston Churchill, FDR, J. Edgar Hoover, and even uh, Buzz Aldrin. So we asked this question when we talked about the Majestic 12 a, a while back, and that is, what is behind all of these secret societies? Like, what is it that they share in common? Uh, it seems to be, you know, tight control of hidden knowledge to which the ordinary person is to have no access. Now, could they all be branches or, you know, denominations of the same thing? And if so, what is that? Uh, the Illuminati is rumored to 
uh, to have been behind the election of presidents, the coronation of monarchs, the conclaves of popes, the uh, control of international banks and international commerce, the assassinations of uh, world leaders, the starting of wars, the creation of the United Nations, and uh, of course, the consolidation of all global markets and governments. You know, all these things that, that go with the establishment of a new world order. Uh, it, it could be that the whole notion of it is becoming renewed or reinvented, if you will, as you know, humanity continually transforms itself in its societal and political progression, but with the true purpose being much darker. Yeah, for sure. And these secret societies fell into disrepute with the church and usually with the monarchies of Europe. Uh, many historians believe the Illuminati didn't actually continue on past the early part of the 19th century as uh, Pope Clement XVI uh, suppressed any group's teachings that conflicted with the Catholic doctrine uh, by even going as far as to silence the Jesuits. Um, of course, there have always been rumors that the Illuminati is still around to this day. And in more recent times, it has been speculated that they actually feigned disappearance uh, and merely because the world political and societal structure actually became absorbed into its sphere of influence. Uh, in an Ohio State University website paper titled The Illuminati Conspiracy by Nisha Krishnan, uh, dated February 11th, 2019, 23% of Americans believe all of the political and economic institutions, all of the intellectualism and all of the progressiveness of the modern era are machinations of the Illuminati. Uh, even things like the French Revolution, the rise of constitutional republics, the abolitionist movement of the 19th century, the United Nations and the World Economic Forum are suspected by some to be offshoots of it. Obviously, there really is nothing tangible that supports that theory. Right. So there is a physical structure uh, that some uh, believe was put in place by the Illuminati, and that is the Denver International Airport in Colorado. Now, the organization which was responsible for its construction was called the New World Airport Commission. The capstone of the airport displays a similar name to the New World Order. And according to George Harrison, not the one from the Beatles, <laughs> uh, right. uh, yeah, uh, but in an article with The Sun and then dated March 18, 2018, the Denver International is meant for the Illuminati to hide out during an apocalypse. This capstone, he says, has on it the, uh, the Masonic seal, or, you know, the square and the, and the compass. And underneath it is a time capsule put there in 1994, and it is not to be open until 2094. Now, the airport also has something like six levels that descend underground, and Harrison thinks it may interconnect with tunnels that lead to Colorado Springs and uh, Cheyenne Mountain. Now, there are also very frightening murals painted on the walls of the concourses that yeah, uh, it, it, it depicts uh, what is supposed to be visual stories of the New World children uh, beginning a new life in a post-nuclear, post-apocalyptic landscape that, along with a very demonic-looking statue of a, uh, a Mustang in front of the main entrance. <laughs> so it's all very peculiar. Yeah, the possibility of this Illuminati connection brings the clandestineness of such things into a bigger and, and much more interesting picture as well as one that is much more complicated and convoluted. And of course, the Denver Airport Authority denies any such Illuminati connections. Supposedly, it's all just meant to be abstract, impressionistic art. Um, but even if the Illuminati only exists in urban legend, 
which is to say that there may be some enigma related to it that is real, uh, we know that there certainly are secret programs that are really being run by the government and are most likely by secret committees, um, or at least ones that are secret but are behind an organization that is a legitimate quote-unquote front, say like NASA or, or DARPA or the CIA or the FBI or the National Science Foundation, or even something like the Vatican, you know, which holds countless secrets going back hundreds of years, you know, before the United States was even founded. Yeah, and and we know that there are schemes going on that are uh, completely concealed from public knowledge. Uh, if it is possible for those groups to be concealed, it is not also possible that something like the Illuminati to be concealed in the same manner. And if its roots go back as far as we think, uh, that being hundreds or even thousands of years, then it may have been cloaked in secrecy long before people of the modern age even knew it was around and needing to be kept hidden. So like you pointed out, Joe, um, all of these secret societies might all be one and the same thing, uh, or at least interconnected with, uh, with one another. So... Uh, the Freemasons have attributed their origins to the Middle Ages with the guilds of uh, actual stone masons, as you know, this symbolizes their emphasis on the uh, sacredness of geometry. With you know, God, of course, being the great architect of creation. Um, actually, there is a uh, tradition, one endorsed by Thomas Paine, you know, one of our founding fathers, that Freemasonry goes all the way back to the time of the ancient Egypt. Egyptians. And like the Illuminati, we find an esoteric meaning in the idea of the New World Order, much like you know, uh, in the representation of the all-seeing eye of providence, which is uh, also on the back of the U.S. dollar bill. Right. The pyramid with the eye in the triangle right above the words, and the wheat cuptus, uh, novo ordo secorum, meaning he has favored on our undertaking of the new order of the ages. Uh, this is the Masonic way of saying that God is behind what they saw as the coming of a new age, an age of enlightenment, an age of reason, democracy, equality, and liberty, with the true inner functioning of a new government being concealed from sight. Absolutely. Now, now you know, you know going back to what you mentioned earlier, uh, Blavatsky actually did write about uh, Dragon Man, uh, who she said once lived on the lost continents of uh, Lemuria which is uh, thought to have sunk into the, uh, was it the uh, Indian Ocean and Mu, which is uh, thought to have sunk into the uh, Pacific Ocean. This, of course, is much like how Atlantis sank into the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Now, now we brought the, uh, brought this up uh, before about lost civilizations and how they were wiped out in a cataclysm, namely the Great Flood. Uh, but Blavatsky's notion of the dragonmen inhabiting them is consistent with the ancient astronaut theory about lost continents and that extraterrestrials uh, inhabited them a very long time ago, perhaps as, as some may think, even hundreds of millions of years ago, all the way back to the time of the dinosaurs. Yeah, interestingly, Lori, the concept of Atlantis plays a significant model in political theories on how the world should be run. In the literary tradition of Western civilization, it represents society at its finest and most developed in terms of law, philosophy, theology, science, ethics, and government. It is believed to be, as described by Plato in the Timaeus and the Creatus, as being at the highest level of culture from anything else that the world has ever seen, and it was completely lost in an instant. 
Uh, Sir Francis Bacon wrote a novel in the 17th century titled The New Atlantis, which gives what is an allegory of the perfect utopia uh, where the inhabitants of a mythical island exhibit the virtues of honesty, steadfastness, ingenuity, and the motivation to improve the moral welfare of all of their fellow citizens. So for many esoteric thinkers who contemplate a new and better world for all people, the, the legend of the lost continent of Atlantis has served as the ideal by which humanity is to aspire. And we pointed out how the stories of Atlantis could be related to the preserved memories in the minds of ancient people of an extraterrestrial presence here on Earth in the distant past. As such, this idea of human excellence and morality may have derived from encounters with what was uh, an alien colony that had become lost in a cataclysm. Perhaps uh, it coincides with the presence of the Watchers. So if the world unites and forms a one-world government, we may just inadvertently get the attention of the Watchers, who are most likely the extraterrestrials and, and who will you know, then return quickly. Uh, if you consider how they handled human endeavors to work together in the past, as described in the books of both Genesis and Enoch, they do so with utmost uh, scrutiny and with disastrous outcomes. They could either return to once again put a stop to our advancement, or they could be pleased to see how we as a species are thriving for higher knowledge, uh, perhaps even or, or perhaps uh, enough so that uh, they will even assist us by fine tuning or you know, upgrading our evolution. Yeah, one extreme or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as it is, there, there were some notable figures who bought into the idea of intelligent forces at work in the affairs of humankind. Uh, men like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, um, who, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, Lyman Frank Baum, who, who wrote The Wizard of Oz, uh, Alistair Crowley, Edward Casey, Rudolf Steiner, and Grigory Rasputin, you know, he was that bizarre advisor to the last Russian czar, uh, Nicholas II. And they were all into these types of beliefs. Uh, but also, uh, Sir Isaac Newton. In all of his analytical work with mathematics and astronomy, uh, he held on to this belief and, and persistently adhered to the doctrines of divine and metaphysical eminence. Uh, he was very much in alchemy, and he was said to be obsessed with the end-time prophecies found in the Bible, which, as any evangelical will tell you, is a new world order. Uh, one in which Christ is present and rules over the world. So, indeed, many of these individuals were eccentric, but they definitely took seriously the notion of a secret world operating within the shadows of our known world. You know, strangely enough, in an article on LiveJournal.com dated November 13, 2020, titled The World Economic Forum, talks about mind control using sound waves. Uh, the World Economic Forum, whose slogan, by the way, is committed to improving the state of the world, is believed to be a very powerful and elite organization. In their annual meeting in the United Arab Emirates, one of the topics discussed was by utilizing the technology that exposes the right vibrations to the right place in the brain to disrupt normal brain wave patterns and modulate the way the axons fire in the neurons cells of the uh, frontal cortex. In this discussion, they admitted that such a capability could be used to turn humans into mind-controlled slaves. Now, what Bible story does this remind you of, Joe? Well, of course, <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, the story of the Tower of Babel from Genesis 11, 9, uh, where all the people's language skill were disrupted. Yep. 
So could they, that is the Anunnaki, uh, have used some kind of acoustic transmitting device to alter the cerebral synapses in the brain using sound waves as a you know kind of uh, modulation to alter the uh, neuronic pathways? Um, it's been shown by researchers at MIT that seizures resulting from such disorders as epilepsy, Huntington's, and uh, Alzheimer's can be treated by exposing someone to light pulsations and high energy sound waves. So it helps reduce the severity of the seizures by blocking the amount of beta uh, uh, amyloid in the uh, uh, hippocampus, uh, thus demonstrating how parts of the brain can be affected through this uh, medium. Uh, Such an idea of control can also be found from the Trilateral Commission, which, like the World Economic Forum, is believed to be a a league, uh, a large league of aristocrats who have tremendous influence on global affairs, and it too has an agenda to form a one-world government with a one-world currency through the control of information and the manipulation of technology to influence certain events. Now, one of its founders, uh, Zebnui uh, Brzezinski, uh, wrote in his 1970 book be- uh, titled Between Two Ages that a, quote, technocratic era, uh, which means government is carried out via information technology, involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Such a society would be dominated by an elite, unrestrained by traditional values. Soon it would be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date, complete files containing even the most personal information about the citizens. These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities, unquote. Wow. Now that sounds a lot like he saw the future of today's world, huh? Very interesting. Yeah. Now, with something like the Majestic 12, you have to wonder if it, too, is just one and the same thing as the Illuminati, or at least a part of it. Some conspiracy theorists consider the possibility that major assassinations like that of John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and Nikola Tesla were coordinated by either the Majestic 12 and slash or the Illuminati. If that is true, then it shows how opaque and how covert and how broadly spread out they they really are. Uh, the problem is who is going to investigate something as powerful as the government to find out if they are behind something like that? I mean, let alone a secret cabal within the inner workings of the government. Uh, who investigates the investigators, I'm trying to say? A tricky question, yes. Uh, I, I guess the real answer is no one, and at the same time, everyone. Um, we as the body politic, can ask the questions and petition for the information through legal means, uh, yet most of us lack the connection, uh, influence, and clout, whether it be professional or personal, so as to boldly navigate the intricacies of the federal bureaucracy or the military-industrial complex, uh, or, or the church for that matter. I mean, who can demand transparency from the Vatican? And they are accountable to no earthly authority. It is above all human institutions and answers to no one but God. Um, that is the reality of the power structures of governments in this world, whether we like it or not. Yep. Um, and if there is an, an Illuminati out there, we're, we're not going to find it in any conventional way. Uh, you, you know, there are uh, there has always been a lot of uh, conjecture about the or conjecture about the uh, end times that biblical prophecy foretells about the Illuminati preparing the way for an Antichrist. The passages in the uh, the books of Daniel and Revelation are often construed to suggest this. Now, we pointed out in our episode on Judgment Day that the Antichrist could simply be a reference to the Emperor Nero, 
remember, he waged a brutal persecution of the Jews and Christians and brought misery and destruction, even in the city of Rome itself. Now, it would make sense for early Christians to associate him and the great empire he ruled as embodying the meaning of Antichrist, and for them to think they were in the end of days with the coming of a new world order. But perhaps there is more than uh, one Antichrist that has been set to pop up during different uh, periods throughout our history to lead us in a change of you know the current ways. Well, the figurative use of the word Antichrist can also mean an ideology or a, or a set of behaviors uh, founded on the sinfulness, immorality, and corruption of a people, uh, hence being anti-Christian. Uh, it could very well refer to hundreds or even thousands of different people. The Bible is very vague in how the name Antichrist is used, since it comes from the apocalyptic vision of John the Evangelist, uh, and, and it's a melee of incoherent imagery. So it is difficult to say if the Antichrist uh, is is the man in, in a literal sense, or or if it signifies some deeper religious construct, and that it means it could be something bigger and more profound than a, a mere single individual. Well, if this is the case, then will this next so-called Antichrist be a leader of the UN, NATO, the World Economic Forum, or the Trilateral Commission? And will this one, like ones in the past, bring a new world order with a global government and with a global currency? And is this the scheme of the Illuminati to put into power as the leader and slash or president of the human race? And will he be the one who leads the earth in its future fight against the returning alien gods? And, and is he himself an alien? Now, um, according to many evangelical ministers, he is supposed to come out of the new revised Roman Empire. And what country is that, Joe? Uh, which country has modeled itself after the Roman government with a Senate and courts and such? It's the United States, right? <laughs> um, this will now become the new kingdom on earth, like it states in the Lord's Prayer, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is Jesus referring to a new world order here? Well, Jesus did make references to being present um, at the very beginning of time, as it is suggested in Luke 10, 18. And from that perspective, he tells of the future kingdom of heaven being prepared at the foundation of the world, as it says in Matthew 25, 34. He says that it awaits his return to the Father and then his return back to earth to be with his believers who will be with him forever. Uh, this verbiage is that of a new world order. And indeed, when framing the Constitution of the newly declared independent United States, uh, the Founding Fathers were inspired by the works of Aristotle, Pythagoras, Cicero, uh, René Descartes, John Locke, and the Bible as well. So we do see the inspiration came from ancient sources, and that included Masonic influences for the American government. And, and from that point in time, it was the start of a new world order. Okay, so now let's uh, let's look at the reptilian facet for for a bit. So we see it manifested in the symbolism of the snake, which has been very prevalent in mythology since the beginning of our civilizations, in mythical, uh, occultic, and uh, uh, theosophical circles. We find that there seems to always be a brotherhood of the snake, which is a secret cabal a secret group that appears to be watching us, leading us, and guiding us along the way. According to author William Bradley in The Gods of Eden, he writes that there were actually two groups of brotherhoods that formed much later from a much older group 
They were formed in Germany, uh, one in the 14th century and the other in the 18th century. And we mentioned them earlier. Uh, they were known as the Rosicrucians, uh, which means Rose of the Cross. Like many philosophers of the time, the Rosicrucians uh, were into alchemy and mathematics, much like how Newton was. And they had encrypted symbols and degrees of initiation. In 1614, the Rosicrucians distributed pamphlets entitled, entitled uh, Fama Fraternatus, meaning a famous brotherhood. And it was, they were designed to persuade people to forsake the authority of the Pope and even disband from Aristotelianism, which at that time was considered as sacrilege, enough to get someone excommunicated, which was a big deal. Uh, however, it seems that they later became known as a group that was closely associated with the Illuminati you know, with their manifesto for you know, universal re reformation. Right. And they are difficult to trace because they only appear around uh, every 108 years to become active in society. And then they rescind back into seclusion. Uh, they even created a fictitious person to be the founding father of the Rosicrucian movement. Obviously, uh, because they knew they would incur the wrath of the Vatican, and they called him a Christian Rosencruz. Now, Bradley also indicates on uh, an entire, or he dedicates an entire chapter, that being chapter five, uh, to explaining the brotherhood of the snake. Uh, he claims that it is assumed to have come from the, the Babylonian tradition in which Inki liberates humanity from the control of Enlil, his brother. Uh, Inky possessed great knowledge and wanted human beings to also possess that knowledge. And this is where we see a crossover with the biblical text, you know, referencing the, the serpent in the garden that tempted Adam and Eve with the, you know, the freedom to be like God, which in, in this case is the Anunnaki. So if this was Inky, uh, he had good intentions for his humans. Uh, at least it seems he did, but ended up failing in, in intent and, uh, and eventually became better known to us as Satan the devil, uh, the deceiver, prince of darkness, etc. So here we see it uh, is with the, so here we see with the, the snake that we found, that we find a connection with the Judeo-Christian doctrine to the Mesopotamian tradition, and from that to the ancient aliens. Well, you know, in her book, Ancient Serpent Gods, uh, Betsy Lewis writes about how the Sumerian colonies were established after the flood, and that the inhabitants were a race of serpent men called uh, Nagas. Uh, there, were, there are actually stone statues of such creatures that have been found in modern-day Iraq near Al-Ubad, and they date back to about 7,000 years. Uh, we have a few of them posted on our Facebook page from a few months ago. <clears throat> and this raises the question, could they be the, the same as the Anunnaki? Now, she claims that according to an ancient text called Dizyan, which may be the oldest Sanskrit text on Earth, uh, there is mention of a race of serpent people that descended from the sky and taught mankind, a, a, which is a similar theme to the Babylonian Enuma Elish. Um, they were also described. Uh, they were also described as having human faces, but tails like dragons. And again, a similar depiction of that of the god Enki. So Blavatsky, uh, now she believed them to be the same as the seraphim that we find in the Old Testament. And she also thought that this race supposedly lived in large walled cities like the ones we read about from ancient times, such as Jericho and Nineveh. Yeah. Now, after I read that, Joe, um, I remember because I, I read that book and I remembered when we talked about giants and I mentioned that uh, these different types of beings like the Elohim, the cherubim, the seraphim, uh, the Nephilim, are all referring to extraterrestrials. So if we took the word giant in the Bible 
and replaced it with the word extraterrestrial, then the scripture uh, verse is saying, and there were, or the scripture verse that says, and there were giants up on the earth, would instead read as, and there were extraterrestrials up on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the children slash the sons of God saw the daughters of humans, and they made it with them. So maybe their DNA is present in the human genome, uh, perhaps more so in some than, than others, such as, you know, is in a royal bloodline or a divine bloodline. So could something like the Illuminati be comprised of people of a special bloodline? And could the Antichrist uh, come from them to bring about a new age in our existence? So when uh, when exactly will such a new world order come about with, uh, say, the return of extraterrestrials? Uh, we don't think it's anytime real soon, probably not in our lifetimes. Uh, however, it may be the reality during the lives of our grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Who knows? Maybe our children will be able to witness this uh, before the end of their lifetimes. Um, it would be an incredible undertaking, though, considering that 195 countries on Earth would have to relinquish. Uh, I mean, they would have to relinquish their sovereignty to a single government with a single currency. Of course, there will be upheavals and conflicts among the citizens of these countries, most likely civil wars. The logistics that will have to go into this will be colossal and phenomenal. Um, this most likely is the reason why no ordinary person will be able to persuade all of the human race and thus enters the Illuminati's Antichrist. So in reality, we can see that human history has been loaded with new world orders looming over the horizon. And is there anything unique about our point in time in which we live? The answer seems to be no. We have always been plagued with problems and have always had to face challenges. But what we have learned from history is that we do indeed have an origin by which we have a relationship with something, something big, something from beyond. That something could be God, if you have faith in a religion, or it could be extraterrestrials, if you hold to the ancient astronaut theory. Regardless, it seems that our institutions tell us that humanity has a destiny and that we are being moved toward it by things of mystery, uh, entities that are hidden from ordinary observations. Um, you may call them shadow governments. Um, could those entities be the Illuminati trying to take us toward our destiny as a united species? All of us will we'll just have to wait and see. So that wraps it up for today. Uh, we covered a lot of material, and at the same time, we didn't cover enough of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure many of you out there have thoughts and opinions about the New World Order and the things going on behind the scenes in global affairs. Um, please be sure to give us any of your comments about our show today on our social media pages. Yeah, and for next time, we're going to get into a subject that I think pretty much all Christians have heard of at one time or another, and that is the gap theory. Um, I know when I was introduced to it in Bible college, it was explained to me as a way to uh, you know, reconcile the young earth of creationism with the old earth of uh, the fossil record. Right. Many apologists appeal to it as a way to lend support to the Genesis narrative within the context of geological and paleontological history. Uh, but it also includes another premise to the debate, and that is the pre-Adamic uh, humans, uh, which is a race of people living on earth before the creation of the biblical Adam. Obviously, a very abstruse and contestable subject that is contrary to orthodoxy of uh, many religions. 
So in other words, it should be yet another deep-rooted discussion that uh, challenges our long-held beliefs about our origins and our ancient past and raises the question of extraterrestrial species being uh, intricately involved with, with all of it. Definitely. It definitely does sound like a deep-rooted discussion. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for joining us on this very extensive episode, and we look forward to being with you again uh, real soon. And until then, stay curious. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we appreciate the support we've received from all of you. Um, you know, keep it up, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, check us out on Facebook. We would love to hear your feedback on today's topic. And also check us out on uh, Patreon.com as well, where you can, you know, help us uh, get things going and, and even obtain our books if you like. So uh, have a safe couple of weeks, and we'll be back with you next time here on Alien Talk Podcast. Bye, everyone.